well, that was a walk in the stroll, a stroll down Bramall Lane or something. Um, yeah, something, something like that. Could have been, could have been easier. I mean, C- Ole's, could have been. Yes, Ole's consistently inconsistent Reds, basically showing all the different sides of their illustrious character in this one. So, yeah, I, I don't think McGoldrick will have scored two like more ridiculous goals in his life. <laughs> I mean, one an absolute hot mess of defending from Dave. Um, or Dave From 2. Who? Sorry? Dave 2. <laughs> and uh, the other, like, bounced off his head. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to those. Um, yeah, so, well, let's... Yeah, so, so, yeah, a pretty, pretty weird game in between that. United were in complete control, basically. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Scintillating on occasion. Some fantastic counter-attacking football. Some, I mean, that third goal, Ramsdale getting in on the terrible goalkeeping act, but... Apart from that, it's an absolute peach, isn't it? It's like world-class interplay between all United's really good players, basically. Yeah, it, I mean, it was, it was it was very nice. I, I did think, uh, I, I don't know whether you had the commentary on, because I know you often like to turn it off, but uh, Ali McCoist, uh, with so, something of a chip on his shoulder, first suggesting that Pogba couldn't possibly have made that pass uh, for the uh, Martial's first goal, Martial's goal. And then um, suggesting with that one that is a bad, is a heavy touch. <laughs> From Martial, yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing is, I don't think it's entirely impossible that he's right about both of those things, by the way. Um, Ali McCoyst and John Champion, I, I, I normally do mute the commentary. Ali McCoyst and John Champion, very much a, uh, the exception to the rule. The two of them together, I find to be generally a joy. Like, while you might not agree with everything Coisty says, uh, the fact that he's trying to do it in good humour um, is is at least something. Uh, uh, so the two that I enjoyed the two of them. On yes, him, so. I don't think he offers much insight as a co-coms. He's more of a you know the colour commentator, isn't he? Uh, adding a bit of uh, banter and uh, yeah, n- no little amount of flirting as well between the two yeah, of them. The two, the, there's some intense chemistry between the two of them, and it's a beautiful thing. And long may it continue. Um, the, the what we don't want to continue is Dean Henderson doing stuff like that. I mean. You know, a lot of there's been a lot of call. You were you were mentioning that there's perhaps some scuttlebutt that from inside the dressing room that they are quite happy to have Henderson um, in in the number one spot, uh, and he gets the he gets the number one shirt, and Dave will have been cackling on the sidelines, right? Well, apparently they all get on well. <laughs> the goalkeepers' union, you know, this is a healthy competition, of course. But but sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, many people uh, blamed Dave for the goal the other night against RB Leipzig. Um, the Harry Maguire goal. The Harry Maguire. <laughs> the horrendous <laughs> piece of defending from Harry Maguire and the momentary, um, you know, decision not to move by Dave. Anyway, I won't relitigate that one, but uh, many people blame Dave uh, because, you know, British Bulldogs, Harry, can't uh, can't take any criticism. Um and, and also because some people thought it was De Gea's fault. Yeah, whatever. 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 Losers. <laughs> anyway, um, but it's just that, like, and, and so he gets his chance, Henderson, and, and of course against the club that he played for for a couple of years, of course he's going to make a massive, massive rick. Uh, I mean, look, for a start, I, I mean, we can we can roll back um, a step. 
I mean, Ollie's picked him on purely the basis of sentiment, right? <laughs> I mean, it's got to be. I mean, it's a, Do you think like, so? It's not like Dave did anything wrong in the derby to deserve being dropped. It's not a dropping. It's a, it's a rotation, I assume, um, mm-hmm. um, because I assume we'll see, we'll, see, we'll see De Gea back in goal at the weekend against Leeds. So I assume. Um, Interesting. Yep. Uh, and, um, well, because there have been many chances over the last two years for Ollie to make that decision, uh, and he hasn't done. Um, yeah. And, you know, following a perfectly competent performance, that's not the time to make that decision. So, yeah, I think this is a rotation and a little bit of sentiment from Ollie because he's got that in him, hasn't he? Well, yeah, I mean, he's Fergie's son, isn't he? So, yeah. just... well, no, that's right, exactly kind of thing Fergie would do. I mean, look, Henderson's going to play against Everton in the League Cup coming up in like 10 days or whenever it is, a week, I think. It's so, so many, I can't remember. And then against Watford in the FA Cup in early January, I assume. And then a whole bunch in the Europa League come February. Yeah, absolutely. And and here and there in the league, I guess, um, if today's anything to go by. So really bad start. He's, you know, it's not a great pass to him, but he just, he's got plenty of time to get rid of it. And he just dawdles. And is it Burke that, hassles him I think it is and then McGoldrick comes um steaming in and they're one nil up within five minutes and it took United 15 minutes to wake up basically it was the the Rashford one that was offside that he didn't finish that was sort of the first the first sign of genuine life and hope from United and that was swiftly followed by a a brilliant goal from Marcus Rashford the first touch a really good through ball, like long through ball, beating the press, not playing out from the back. Something that United have to sometimes do um, from Lindelof and, and a, just a sumptuous first touch and a great finish from Rashford. Yes, yeah, so look, I think it's um, absolutely lots of value in high pressing teams to turn them around quickly with a a direct ball. It was, I think, genuine. Gen, you're being generous in calling it a brilliant through ball. I mean, it was a little bit route one, but you know, we'll 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 give uh, Lindelof one there. Um, let's just say he spotted the run and uh, picked Marcus out with a, a Pogba esque pass, right? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, that's what he did. Oh, totes, totes. Um, but yeah, great, great from Rashford, um, controlling it with the back of his heel and then lashing it in and. And he would have been pleased because it was a bad miss. You know, he he may well have been offside, uh, but to blaze it over just a, a few minutes before that would not have done his confidence great. And he hadn't scored in the Premier League before this, I think I'm right in saying. Um, oh, wow. Plenty in Europe and Martial hadn't either. So, yeah, useful well, for that, both of them. Yeah, it's big because then, then came the Martial goal pretty shortly afterwards and it was a really nice from Pogba into a dangerous channel that he's looking for someone to make the run. Yeah, sure, he's, he's yeah, he's playing that ball into space for sure. It's it's not aimed at Wambazaka. It's it's one round the corner to for someone to to run into the channel and and Marcel's quick to it. And Pogba generally excellent. I thought it was it's, excellent it's, today. You yeah, know, that's my take. Some really really nice passing, inventive passing, disciplined. Obviously, didn't have to do a lot of defending, which is good because he's got. Matic alongside him. It's not the best combination, often, those two, um, from a defensive point of view. But I guess Oli felt confident enough that United wouldn't have to do too much defending. Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> Against a team know, that's a, scored five goals this season. So, yeah. It's a really progressive team selection 
from sure. and apart from he could have played Van der Beek instead of Matic, it's pretty much the most progressive that he could have gone. Tellers at left back, um, Pogba and Fernandez in the middle and the front three. You know, it was nice to see that front three again, actually. Um, and uh, they were mostly good. I mean, Greenwood are really fuming when uh, Bruno went left instead of right late on. Well, late on when Greenwood was on the pitch, it was it was unfortunate. And there was one nice piece of interplay that came to him. And it was another one of those games that made me think of a thing that you've said three or four times about Greenwood, that the game definitely passes him by when he plays on the right. He's definitely looking to kind of make an impact in key moments rather than be someone that's like super involved in all the build up and dictating the flow and everything's coming through him because it's far from that, is it? Um, sure, he's playing but, like an inside forward, not a winger. And in fact, when he gets it in sort of on the touchline, he he normally looks to come inside or go backwards. It's it, yeah, like going round the outside of the the left back is not his thing. I mean, honestly, it's not many wingers' thing these days, is it? There's not too many with chalk in the heels. Chalk, chalk. Nope. <laughs> um, lovely, uh, lovely second goal. The, the first goal was lovely. Yeah. Second goal was lovely, and the third goal was an absolute peach. I mean, including every, that awful heavy touch from Anthony Martial. Every touch in the build-up to this. I mean, the Pogba pirouette and double layoff, pirouette, double, yeah, double pirouette so, with the eyes as well. Magical, really genuinely magical. And uh, and really like lovely deft touch from Bruno in the build-up to to it as well. Uh, and then the ball came to Martial and he nudged it across to Rashford who finished it first time thanks to Ramsdale allowing it to go under him. I think the keeper will be Yes, I mean, it's actually one. not the best finish since it's he's basically passed it into the centre of the goal. So I'm sure he was trying <laughs> yeah. to go wider than that but Ramsdale managed to dive over the top of it so I mean which is unusual he's a good keeper Ramsdale he's not a great keeper but he's a good keeper he's no Dean Henderson he's no Dino is he so uh, he'll have been disappointed with himself there but uh, yeah lovely move quite a few moves before that from United um, and and some after as well I mean beautiful constructive move near the end uh, uh, ended up with Juan Mata having a shot straight at the keeper um, and there was one other, wasn't there? I'm, I'm trying to remember now. But um, yeah, actually, yeah, for for um, for the score line, United had a lot of dominance, obviously of possession, but also created some good chances, and and um, had a lot of very good attacking play. I mean, it, they're obviously they're playing against Sheffield United side that is low on confidence because they've lost a lot of their intensity. You can see yeah. that in this game. Yeah. You know, they are not. Um, they are not pressing it really high. They they have also been found out a little bit, I think, um, in terms of how uh, how teams will play them. Uh, you know, United kept the ball really well in this game. Uh, didn't give. I, I can't think of an occasion when they gave the opportunity for Sheffield United to counter, which is something they did very well last season. So, um, but then the, the United really started to beat under significant pressure right at the end of the game uh, because we combined to allow... I mean, Sheffield United really were on the front foot before they scored. They, they'd kind of ramped up their intensity, in fact, and, and they were clearly kind of raging against the dying of the light at the end of that game. The corner comes in, Victor Lindelof heads the ball out. I don't think there's too much opprobrium. I mean, it looks absolutely ridiculous, but it's not like... 
a, a, a howler, is it? He's tried to head it clear and the strikers, it's hit the striker's head and gone in. I don't know what else he could have done other than yeah. head it backwards and over his own bar. I mean, he's he's got to the ball first and headed it out and he's just hit McGoldrick in the face. Basically. Yeah, when I saw it, when I saw it in real time, I thought McGoldrick just got in front of him and knocked it in, and that would have been quite bad, I guess. Uh, but no, certainly, in yeah, when you when you see it again, it's a really unfortunate set of ricochets, and there was a kind of stunned silence uh, from the United team at that point. And you kind of, I mean, I was worried, given that we should say like we, this game. We were playing against a team with one brackets ONE points in the Premier League. Uh, now officially the worst start to any Premier League campaign ever. Um, what league campaign? Uh, uh, sorry, it's been a long day. <laughs> Premier League. Premier League. <laughs> well, Premier League to campaign. Um, but then, uh, and basically apart from Liverpool-Tottenham, which we could have done with being a draw, um, every other result in the midweek had gone exactly how we would have picked it to go for United's benefit after a really good weekend's set of results from our opponents. Um, I mean, for us, you know, good results for us. And now we're a game in hand, two points off second. So, like, unbelievable Yeah, I mean, the, the game in hand will be the fixture against Burnley, uh, in a few weeks' time, and and that will be. I mean, obviously, there's an awful lot of football um, before and around that game, um, but that will be against a Burnley side that has got more points than scored goals this season. So they're not exactly striking fear into anyone's hearts at the moment. So I mean, in the league, United are in a fantastic position. Basically, I mean, they're they're seven points better off than at this t- time last season. Um, it, it doesn't tell the whole story, obviously. I mean, if you want to construct a super positive narrative, you tell that story. The home form is obviously really worrying. Uh, and it doesn't make any sense because, you know, we're in COVID times when home home advantage has disappeared out the windows. <laughs> You're a born rationalist, Ed. Uh, yeah, these, no, these, I know. <laughs> these, these things don't make sense. This is, they don't make sense. Um they're right uh, hemisphere issues. And and so, you know, United will clearly have to... Uh, we're not going to go through the season winning 19 away games. So clearly going to have to get some points on the board at home. Um, and well, we, we can't forget the manner in which they went out of Europe. So, you know, there's lots of, um, there's lots of ways of sort of uh, tempering any optimism, but actually in a very good position. Very, very good position. Yeah, I mean, an amazingly good position considering and, and, you know, a much better position than some more lauded managers and and some, you know, managers who've been praised to the hilt. I mean, not to mention Mikel Arteta's crumbling gunners. Um, No, 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 no. I mean, actually, I think it's very rational from Arteta. Uh, Many people said he needed to start his career in the championship. That's exactly what he's trying to do. (laughs) Um, But, you know, Frank Lampard... Are we above them in the table? I don't think we are, but we're uh, certainly, if we win our game in hand, we will be. Um, but, you know, there's a long way to go and there's a huge amount of football to be played in the next four or five weeks. So if we're, you know, in this position or better in four or five weeks, we can start getting excited. We are uh, indeed above Fat Frank's uh, right now, team in the table. He's, right now. Not, he's not fat, Ed. That's... He, he, no, no, no. He's just big boned. Yeah. No, he's... Slender, he's an extremely fit man. Why would you call this man fat? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Because look at a picture been... of look at a picture of Frank Lampard. 
Uh, it doesn't matter. That was his na- nickname, and it's gonna stick. So. Anyway, we're above Chelsea in the table. We are Let's above look. Chelsea in the table. Who, who are, you know, getting some mixed results, for sure. Yeah, because we're above them in the table, so there must be. Um, yeah, I mean, a disaster, disastrous couple of results for them uh, in the last two games. I mean, by which I mean they lost twice. Well, they might have drawn this week. I haven't got the results in front of me and it all blurs into one. When did they play Everton and who did they lose to yesterday? These are the questions of our times. Yeah, uh, they played Everton at the weekend and they lost to somebody yesterday whose name I've completely forgotten. It's hard, isn't it? Trying it's to keep 20 track past of 10 on a Thursday night. Wolves, yeah. they lost to wolves. wolves. They did lose oh, yeah. to Wolves, that's right. They, yeah. they, they, they lost to Wolves because you said Pedence wasn't that good and I said Nuno wasn't going to make it through the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, tune into bonus content to hear more excellent takes like this um i wonder whether i mean i think i think this game is is sort of indicative of the thing that i've been saying right since the very beginning of the season which is that i have very few worries about united's good players and this was a game in which a lot of united's good players were on the pitch at once and i think this is this is definitely the kind of team we should be putting out this is the kind of formation he should stick with and you know against teams like this don't don't be cautious. Go for it. I mean, we haven't even discussed the outrageous, um, egregious banter of us playing on a Thursday night the first week after we were knocked out of the Champions League into the football detention that is the Europa League. And this is obviously a taste of things to come in February. Yes, it's the football equivalent of method acting or something like that, isn't it? You know, just... <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to get ready. You could, if you can do it on a Thursday in December, then Pacino maybe you can do, do it, it on a... Th- yeah. Uh, we got the the draw happened, right? So we've got Sociedad. Real, yeah, Real is, Sociedad. Real Sociedad, yeah, which is an interesting one. Uh, they were top of the table, but they lost to Barcelona 3-1 yesterday. Right. Um, but they've had a good start to the season. It's a, it's a very chaotic La Liga season, so I don't think anyone seriously believes they're going to win La Liga, but David Silva's gone there. Much to consternation at, uh, was it Lazio or Napoli? I can't remember which one of them. I think it was Lazio. Lazio, yeah. Uh, They've got Adnan there. Um, I haven't seen anything of Sociedad. I mean, I do watch La Liga when I have time in between the mega amount of other football there is to watch. Um, But I don't think I've seen Sociedad this season, so I haven't really got any thoughts on them. But, uh, you know, obviously they're a good side if they're top of La, La, La Liga after a third of the season has gone. They get very upset if you call them Sociedad. Yeah. Um, um, beautiful city. Shame no fans will be able to go there. I mean, uh, I've been to San Sebastian a few times and it's, um, yeah, incredible. Incredible place to... Until Moyes turned up, of course. He loved it. He absolutely I'm not sure loved he San did. Sebastian. I mean, it's, you know, uh, great lifestyle, um, amazing architecture, very walkable, you know, so on. So. Yeah, so the David Moyes, Adnan Yanazai derby. Um, we... Look forward to that one. Look forward in inverted commas. Um, what we've got before that... Oh, worth saying, talking of things to look forward to in the future, uh, during this game, when we were 1-0 down, uh, Wayne Rooney tweeted a lovely picture of him and Colleen and Kai signing his Man United forms. So Kai Rooney on United's books. So there was this phase where all the ex-United players' kids 
signed for City. Uh, Rooney with one eye on the PR, I suspect. <laughs> like, or oh, maybe maybe all those tricky Reds really have revitalized yeah. the youth system. And well, maybe now that's I'm not happening been, anymore. They have been putting investment in there. They've got a sound structure. Um, uh, they might have had uh, one word from the government about the new rules because uh, you can't sign um, under 18s who are non-local um, from the 1st of January. So they've signed a hell of a lot of players from around Europe. Um, yeah, maybe it has been. But yeah, Robin Van Persie sent his son to City. Phil Neville sent his son to City. Although I believe he's back at United now, Phil Neville's son. So yeah. Yeah, but that's that's, I mean... One of the Neville boys going to City is that's intense, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, really is. Uh, so yeah, Kyrini. So uh, how old is he? He's like ten or something, is he? Or? He's he's a little wee strap of a lad, isn't he? He's not. Yeah, not burnt out by twenty-one. <laughs> His middle name's Wayne. Apparently, um, he's eleven years old. Born two thousand and nine. Born in two thousand and nine. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, no, because you should have gone Wayne. Wayne Junior. Yeah, that's his middle name, Kai mm. Wayne Rooney. Yeah, we'll just call him Wayne Junior then. Wayne Two. <laughs> well, if he ends up being Wayne Tooney, that'll be great news for United. Awesome. Yes. Um, I anyway. mean, the chances. It feels unlikely to me that he's going to turn out to be a generational talent along the scale of his father. I mean, it's a lot to live up to, isn't it? Like being Wayne Rooney's kid. Yeah. I mean, so who who are the players? that were significantly better than their pro dads. Can you think of any? Um, There there definitely are some. I mean, there's a lot of players, but generally you haven't heard of their dads because their dads were... Like Juan Seba Verón, his dad was a bit of a legend in... um, uh, at Is it Estudiantes? I think it's Estudiantes. Um, But obviously he he probably outstripped his dad's achievements. Um, There's... I was listening to... An interview with one someone on the Official United podcast was talking about their dad playing at a kind of bit of a lower level than they played. So it, it does happen, but, you know, I can't think of a single, like, world-class player. I mean, I guess Cesare Maldini, um, he was, like, up there with the greats, wasn't he? And, and Paolo was obviously... Very much up there with the greats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, uh, France, France football, I think it's France football, did their teams of the century. I don't know why they did it. Or maybe of all time. Um, just last week, and Maldini was in the first eleven. Only one, only one British player in amongst the. Um, oh, sorry, English player amongst the three teams they picked, which probably Who isn't was a surprise. It? Given, um, I knew you were going to ask that, and I completely <laughs> forgotten. Was it Paul Scholes? I feel like Paul Scholes is the, it, the player it, they always it, talk about. It, it was not. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Not not putting their money where their mouth is. All that bragging about Scholes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they've seen his punditry and struck him off the list. Um, I, I actually can't remember. Um, but George Best was, I think, in the uh, the third team. So. Right. Uh, Paul Scholes, I, I really like it when Paul Scholes says nice things about Paul Pogba. It's like, it's it's a thing that it makes me feel warm inside. After this game, he was full of praise. But he always calls him Paul as well, which I, it sort of implies a relationship. But I, I enjoy the idea, you know, because... Because the people that hate him really hate him. And I think that the people that hate him would all assume that Paul Scholes hated him. Um, but clearly he doesn't. So enjoy- that's enjoyable to well, me. They, they would have been the same squad when when Paul yeah. the Younger was in the youth team, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, well, yeah. I mean, it was the game that Pogba couldn't get a game in. That sent him over that, the edge. So it's that, basically that, your Skulls' fault for no, 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 all the no, pain no. Over the year. No, no, no. That that game, it was watching that game that made Paul Skulls think, I wonder if they would like me to come back because they played Raphael and Park in central midfield right. ahead of Paul Pogba. So it sort of ties the two of them, but not in that way. Um, so... Since we're talking about uh, Pogba, and I think we've run out of material on this game, um, uh, Mino Raiola saying... (laughs) uh, So he gave the interview to Tuto Sport ahead of the Golden Boy Awards, and then at the awards tried to walk it back somewhat by saying, oh, no, no, I didn't mean he was going in January. I mean, he's going in the summer. Um, We'll see. It'll be interesting when he gives the interview nearer the summer, which goes along the lines of, no, no, he's going to see out his contract uh, till 2022. uh, you know, I, I think we're going to see an awful lot of jockeying now between the parties. Uh, obviously, Pogba wants the best possible contract and deal and opportunity for the, his next move, if it is to be a move, assuming there is. I mean, nothing would surprise me in football, so he might well turn around and sign a new contract. It seems unlikely. Um, and then, obviously, United are going to want a best fee. Although the word that, well, I don't know where I read this. Someone was tweeting about it, uh, of repute, um, not some rando. Uh, that United might accept something as low as forty million for him. I mean, that's an absolute joke, isn't it? I mean, one thing we can say is this is not affecting his performances on the pitch, except in that there's been a massive uplift in his performances on the pitch. I, I suspect that's nothing to do with the off-pitch stuff and everything to do with his recovery, um, because this is exactly the form that he was in after Project Restart. And you know, Paul Pogba is like, I know lots of people disagree with this. I. I think he's the best player in the squad. So, you know. Uh, well, technically he is. Uh, it's it's putting, you know, all that technique into into performances on the pitch, which has often been the trouble, but not tonight. I thought he was no. very good against uh, Sheffield United and, and really helped uh, United to tick along. Yeah. So, uh, this is our last podcast of the year. That's um, my doing. Um uh, I think Ed would do one after every show, during, after every game during the Christmas after break. Every show, you? I did, you know, again, more <laughs> reps. Uh, yeah, um, sure, but you know, we, we we can all have a break. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 fans will uh, they'll they'll survive a couple of yeah. weeks off. I think as your as your actual fam. I was probably quite grateful that you're not going to be podcasting every six minutes, which would be what we'd have to do over Christmas. Yeah. If you can't cope, I I can always do a monologue, but I think it'd be quite boring as a show. (laughs) Um, I'd listen. Uh, Maybe I'll put on a a comedy Norwegian accent or something like that and and just talk to myself. I mean, I would definitely listen to that. So, I'm, I'm not good, much good at accents. It would basically come out like the Swedish chef from the Muppets. <laughs> um, there are 40 games between now and when we next do a show. I wonder if uh, I can watch them all. <laughs> like every, do you mean just That's mean just every Premier United League games game? as well? Right. I was no, I was talking about just United. Ah, okay. You're I thought you actually watch had a all number of, those. of games. There's probably even more than forty in that case. Yeah, so. way more. Yeah. Um, um, so yes. Um, so have you got the fixture list up? Who? who yeah, we're are playing. We playing? We've got Leeds. Leeds. The weekend. Ever- Leeds. Everton in the League Cup. Leicester. Man United. Uh, Villa. 
uh, on the first now. So a one day less rest that was originally scheduled for the second, I think, and it's now eight o'clock right. on the first. Um, so yeah, I mean, just a lot of football in then a short period game. of time. When's the cup yeah. game? Like on the not till the ninth. Oh, okay. So there's, there's, there might be, they might actually be able to breathe by the time the cup game comes around. I mean, listen, this all starts with a massive test um, at Old Trafford. We talk every week. We do now bonus content on all the different teams in the league, and every week I talk about how much I enjoy watching Leeds, and I know that's illegal, but it happens. Um, and then they've really kind of dipped, and we talked about that, and then they absolutely hammered Steve Bruce's brave Newcastle. They did. I watched the first half two. of that game and thought, this is a bit dull, actually. Le- Leeds weren't really on it and, uh, and Newcastle being fairly defensive, I'd say. And so I switched over to the Arsenal game, <laughs> and hoping for a victory for Southampton. And yeah, um, didn't, didn't get the best of both worlds there, for sure. No, yeah, you picked the, the half not to watch in both of those games, yeah. I guess. Um uh yeah Leeds just turned it on right and and they this this is a huge 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 test for Solskjaer I think more than anything else because Bielsa presents a particular set of challenges to opposition managers he will he will as we know have done more preparation for this game than any other manager that Solskjaer is going to come up against there's going to be more kind of individually tailored plans and I feel like we are quite specifically vulnerable to individually tailored tailored plans I imagine there will be an enormous amount of pressure on both Pogba and Bruno every time they get the ball because I would imagine that Leeds will be looking to just try and shut them down at every opportunity in a really swarmy aggressive fashion and especially they're going to press Dave Lindelof and Maguire when they're doing those little terrible 10-yard inside the penalty area goal kicks. Well, they're not terrible if you can pass the ball and move it. Uh, it's, it's a way of retaining possession that's better than just thumping it 60 yards down the field. That's the theory, at least. And So, yes, look, that's obviously a vulnerability uh, for United. Obviously, everyone will know that. Um, I'm assuming that Ollie will know that without actually having to do much preparation. This is where United will have trouble and, and pr- probably will need to mix it up a little bit. That said, I mean, Leeds are vulnerable. They're vulnerable oh, when very. they don't have the ball, right? And, and um, yeah, w- once the press is beaten, you can pull them around and they don't have the best defensive players. They just, they don't. And... Um, as much as Kai Phillips is, uh, Kai Calvin Phillips has been um, uh, excellent over the last eighteen months. He's he's that's the defensive side of his game for a defensive midfielder isn't the strongest part of his game. You know he's very very good at recycling the ball and, and keeping things moving. So um, th- there will be plenty of opportunities for United to uh, score goals in this game. It's obvious anyone who's seen Leeds, but but there will be, and United are going to cause them. Lots of problems, too. Uh, how how uh, Ollie tackles this one be interesting? Is it a team that looks like today's team? You know, trying to monopolise the possession of the ball because that's the way you neutralise leads for sure. Uh, you can't play a high tempo, high pressing game. We haven't got the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, or does he try and go a bit more defensive and go back to to Fred and McSauce in in central midfield and and. You know, that might have the wrong impact. Yeah, I think that would be a gar- 
gargantuan mistake. I mean, so Leeds this season have conceded more than anyone in the league except West Brom. So they are, they've, I mean, the joint with Sheffield United now in having conceded 24 goals. They've scored 22 and you can go like one, two, three, four, five, six places in the league higher than them before you get to a team that scored more goals than them. So they score a lot, they concede even more. Um, I think the only sane approach to this game is to go absolutely guns blazing and try to beat them at their own game, basically. Not, I don't mean as in swarming pressing, um, but... Uh, you know, if you go a bit long, beat the press and get Rashford, Martial and Greenwood in behind them, I- I'd like to see almost the identical team to the team today, except you really don't need Nemanja Matic in this game. I mean, you you almost no, no, you can't insane. play Nemanja Matic in this game. Yeah, uh, look, and by, by the way, their, their numbers stack up with what was what's expected as well, right? They're not... Um, yeah, absolutely. Not, yeah, and unlike you know, Sheffield United, who have scored well, now seven goals, but had been expected to have scored like 14 or something like that. Um, Leeds' data stacks up with, you know, their performances. Um, so they, and I think, I think I'm right in saying that three times this season, they've had more than 25 shots against Newcastle, against Arsenal and one other um, who I'm forgetting now. But um, that's a lot of shots. I mean, United had 11 today. So 25 is that a lot of shots. Um, mm. They will create chances. Uh, they create a lot of you know low probability chances for sure. Uh, but but United are, are going to have to defend well, and that's that's something we have, haven't always done this season. You know. Yeah, I mean, um, one really sad piece of news, uh, which is that the government have not put Manchester into tier two, um, so there won't be fans at this game. The club had run a ballot. Um, to to identify which 2,000 fans would have been at the game had uh, had the tiers changed. I mean, whether Greater Manchester should still be in tier three or not is a, a very large political question that's uh, extremely unclear if you look at the numbers. Um, but anyway. But- yes, uh, I mean, it's a real shame because, uh, you know, as we saw in the, uh, the um, Liverpool-Spurs game, even 2,000 fans can change the atmosphere significantly yeah palace the the palace game uh, i can't even remember oh yeah palace spurs as well um that there was two thousand fans there which of course there now won't be because london has moved yeah. into tier three sure, i'd love to have gone to that game to throw some bottles at leeds fans because you know i remember <laughs> going to Ellen road <laughs> well there won't be any leeds fans there under any circumstances of course but you know well apart from normal uh, on the normal uh, talk of the devil's pod uh, andy mitten was um recounting a story of uh, getting punched out uh, at Ellen Road. Because um, uh, <laughs> you go through from the old car park uh, where the coaches used to um, park, you have to go under an underpass. And it was a real bottleneck. And uh, I've been Ellen Road a few times. And every time you come out of that, you know you're going to get pelted with stuff. Mm. Um, and the police, there sort of having a laugh about it as well. Um, I, I hadn't heard this story before, but uh, Andy... Uh, Apparently gave it some, uh, and then um, a local didn't take too kindly to it and uh, knocked him out. Um, anyway, uh, didn't didn't you have darts thrown at you, Ellen? Oh God, yeah, all sorts, bottles, darts, yeah, yeah. Um, police would do absolutely nothing. They'd escort you from the the coach um, to the ground, but yeah, that that was particularly bad coming through that tunnel because you'd come out to 
you know, obviously you're in the nick of the bottle and then you're coming out and um, everyone else has a good aim at you. So um, one of the things that's interesting is to to look at the history of club rivalries because, you know, Leeds are, I mean, the reason why I feel genuinely like transgressive talking about my admiration for Marcello Bielsa's Leeds is because the word Leeds is in there and you shouldn't express any admiration for them. They are without question the baddies. Um, there's, you know, it's key. This is, this is a kind of history lesson because there will, of course, be lots of fans who are aware of of that, but there'll be people listening to this that kind of know Leeds are the baddies, but don't really know why. Um, sure, because they've but, not been in the, the Premier League for 16 years. So, yeah, yeah, yeah there's I mean, a whole bunch of people under the age of 25 will have very little memory of Leeds or what they might represent, the yeah. devils that they are. <laughs> so, Liverpool number one, Leeds number two in a lot of people's well, historically, eyes. Like, that might well have been the case. I mean, you know, there's kind of political and economic rivalry between the cities and then of course they 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 were you know dirty lead scum during the the 70s uh spent much of the 80s not in the top division yeah. um and then came back uh, in the 90s and and obviously pipped us to the league a very painful very painful year that was um yeah. 91 92 um in which they won the league and united sort of capitulated at the end i think defeat at uh, West Ham and then uh, maybe at Blackburn, one other as well, right near the end of the season. Honestly, that's easily the most disappointing Premier League season of all time. I mean, I guess I guess eleven twelve was pretty bad, right? But ah, uh, no. Well, it wasn't Premier League season, was it? It was uh, it was the first division because this was, that was the last season of the right. first division and Fergie had said we were going to win the league after the Cup Winners' Cup and I think we all believed him and we very nearly did um, and we weren't to know that what we would do then would be to sign their best player by an absolute mile and uh, and win the league well, pretty much every year from then on for 13 years. Yeah, or I mean, and it's got to have been absolutely sickening for Leeds fans. Yeah, <laughs> deep yeah. in the, there, there must be a lot of emotional baggage associated with getting beaten by your rivals and then watching your rivals win and win and win and win as you you know sat in the 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 runt of amongst the runt of the litter in the championship or whatever it was called before then because it's been so many years they've been away from the premier league well did you beat us in the fa cup once though yeah they did that was annoying um I think it's like the only time we played them right or maybe one other no, i think there's a league cup game as well but yeah. Yeah, yeah that that league cup that fa cup loss was was bitter it was at old trafford and there were a lot old trafford, of one nil yeah yeah not good classic darren gibson kind of midfield i'm pretty sure we were doing the podcast when that game happened that's how old we are and how long we've been doing this show um when they uh, they got relegated, it's obviously like, obviously United fans all would all celebrate that. But it's one of those things where I get a little bit uncomfortable celebrating like historic football clubs being ripped apart by callous owners, you know, idiotic callous owners, um, which is what happened. And, you know, they lived the dream. Who was it? What's the name of the guy? The Peter, Ridsdale. Peter Ridsdale. Yeah. Um, that, that, all that stuff and the, the classic story of um 
Seth, what's his name? I can't even remember his name. Very deeply average midfielder who him and his agent went in there being like, right, we're going to fight for 25 grand a week here. And they walked in and Ridsdale was like, right, we're not giving you any more than 40 grand a week. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Sure you can't stretch that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should have quit the club. Um, much like Ashley Cole did over five grand or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, um, I mean, it's a, it's a very 70s rivalry, isn't it? The, the kind of, it's, it's a very hooligan era rivalry between like a rivalry that is basically born of two firms that hated each other, essentially. Yeah. 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 I was not part of one of those firms, I might add. <laughs> no, not quite that old. Um, yeah, I never went to Ellen Road. And when you used to talk about going to Ellen Road, it sounded utterly terrifying to me i had absolute i had no understanding for why you would want to put yourself through that to be honest <laughs> yeah i used to run with an interesting crew at one stage <laughs> and, i mean again i was not causing the trouble i might add <laughs> you were just adjacent to it <laughs> yes i was trouble adjacent as, as adjacent as i could possibly know <laughs> what's the opposite of adjacent i was trying yeah. to yeah uh, move down the street. Uh, anyway, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, um, it's not going to be a nice place uh, on social or any other media if United get beaten, for no. sure. No, and and you know, I, I am getting absolutely sick of football that fans aren't at. You know, it's it's yeah. just like it's just what is the point? You know, I mean, I know what the point is, and it's kind of entertaining to watch it on TV, but that. That is wearing thinner and thinner and thinner. And and the fact that Manchester United versus Leeds United in the Premier League for the first time in 16 years is happening with no fans in the ground is absolutely rubbish. It's rubbish. So It, it is rubbish, but, but and that, you know, this is not a popular opinion amongst many fans, but the numbers are absolutely horrendous in the UK. They're horrendous. You know, the, the number of people in hospital um, having tested positive for COVID-19 is, is more than 15,000. It's, it's, it's reaching capacity. It probably will be at capacity. Um, you know, large mass events of people sitting next to each other is, is a perfect super spreading opportunity. So, Oh, sure. I'm, I'm just, I'm not, um, I'm not saying. No, no, uh, I know, I know you're not. I, I mean, a lot of people are though, and they right, don't seem sure. to get it. And, um, it's, unfortunately the correlation between 75,000 people turning up at, Old Trafford and a bunch of people dying in two to three weeks afterwards would be really tight. So that's that's unfortunately what we're we're that's the sacrifice we're all making. Yeah. Um, but it is a big one because the the product, the experience is is you know hugely reduced with no fans there. Yeah. And it, I think everyone would be very much looking forward to that not being the case. Um which, you know, is in sight, isn't it? That's Yeah, but probably next season. So, yeah. um, because you, because of the way it's going to, these vaccines are going to be rolled out and how long it's going to take to produce and distribute them and the amount of um, vaccine nationalism that's happening, although the UK has ordered 357 million doses. Last time I looked, there weren't quite that many people in the UK. So I think we may be engaging a fair amount of that nationalism ourselves here. 
Uh, but oh no, m- you don't, you don't mean the the most nationalistic government any of us can remember are being nationalistic in any way, do you? Yeah, uh, trying to cover up for their other failings during this oh, time. They're outrageous. Like, did you see a New York Times article about the corruption in the where the government funding's gone, like British funding, national funding? Uh, it's, it's 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 so outrageous. And um, and for those not following, not only is it gone to mates and mates and mates um, and companies with no experience in the area they're bidding for. But a lot of this is sealed. So we don't know exactly what the tender process looked like, if there was even a tender process at all. And we're talking about billions and billions and billions. It's a, it's a huge, huge amount of money that um, just seems to be uh, handed off. So, yes, um, the vaccine will certainly... Um, paper over some of that but it won't be for a while because um there will need to be a significant amount of the population vaccinated before it'll be safe Um, and even then uh, it'll be people in masks and possibly even distanced um even with a large vaccine program because we don't know whether you can still transmit it once you've had the vaccine even it stops you getting it so yeah yeah. Anyway, I'm all right because, you know, I've had the vaccine. So, well, well maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't know if you have or not, don't right? Don't know. Don't know. Yeah. Well, if you start, you know, beeping. Apparently, as you... that, that particular study will be unblinded in January. So, because they do have to tell me because it will change my behavior at a later stage. So, they yeah. sent an email this week saying they would tell us. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Sh- so maybe maybe vaccine. I had it or maybe it was just some, you know. <laughs> salty water or something like that yeah um right well back and stay tuned we're gonna go through premier league results and chat about all that stuff and uh, everyone else we will see you in the new year have a lovely winter festival of your choosing festivals um, uh, yeah exactly as ollie that's might what, say that's what ollie will be celebrating um i got a lot of problems with you people um <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening uh, all year this year. Um, it's been such a weird year and, and you know, we've seen, you know, there was a, a, there were a lot of people that stuck with us when we were putting out shows, when there was no football on. There's, I think, a number of people were quite pleased that we did that. So that was... Well, well, well have you noticed that um, Daniel Harris and Rob Smythe, uh, two fine United fans and, and journalists, have... Uh, Set up a whole pod doing exactly that, looking back in classic games. So uh, very good it is too. Excellent. I had not noticed that. We'll have to get him on the show to talk about it. Yeah. Have have we ever had Rob Smythe on this show? We've not. He's uh, a remarkable human being. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Daniel's been on a couple of times, but it would be be good to get Rob Smythe on the show. Um, So, yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. Uh, And Patreon backers, stay tuned. Everyone else will see you in the new year. All right. Bye now.